You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Rosie Report, Spring Training Edition. It's all you need to know about the Tribe in Goodyear. Daily updates, player interviews, along with other spring training hijinks and tomfoolery. Now, here's Jim Rosenhouse. This is the Rosebud Report, blossoming from spring training. And we're underway with episode 11 of the Rosie Report, spring training edition from Goodyear, Arizona. As the Indians continue with spring training, under three weeks to go now in camp as the Indians will break camp on March the 22nd with the opener on March the 26th against the Detroit Tigers at Progressive Field, a 110 first pitch. By the way, tickets still available for the home opener, the season opener this year for the Tribe. You can pick them up at Indians.com. Yesterday, the Indians were in surprise playing the Texas Rangers on a day where they really had to scramble to find pitching with those back-to-back days of split squads. Indians playing the Oakland Athletics in Las Vegas over the weekend on both Saturday and Sunday, and then games here. And with it being early enough in the spring where starting pitchers aren't built up too much, throwing maybe two, three innings at best, plus some injuries to the Tribe, they pieced it together with mainly pitchers over from minor league camp. And a tip of the cap to those guys as it was a 3-2 to two Texas win, but the likes of Eli Morgan and Ty Bowles, Kirk McCarty, Juan Moda, Skylar Arias, names you won't see this year, but uh, perhaps down the road sometime, they really gave a good account of themselves and kept the game well in hand. Now, on the offensive front, Franmil Reyes again. Had a double, his exhibition slate average now close to 500. That was his fourth double on the spring, a couple of home runs. Jake Bowers with a good game, an RBI single for him. And center fielder Delino DeShields also had a good ball game with a double for him that set the table in the fifth inning when the Indians scored some runs. And DeShields bears watching. He's part of that crowded outfield picture. He came over in a trade with Texas in the offseason with Corey Kluber going the other way and DeShields and hard-throwing reliever Emmanuel Classe coming to the Indians. And we had a chance to visit with DeShields right at the start of camp. And it's really a, a nice interview because he gives you uh, a little bit more and, and some real thoughtful answers. And uh, we talked to him about getting adjusted to a new team, especially after being firmly entrenched in Texas. He had been in the major leagues parts of the last five seasons and felt he was going to be a key part of their club this season when the trade happened. So uh, we talked to him about joining a new team and what it's been like getting to know his new teammates here in Goodyear. It's going pretty good. Uh, there's there's some guys, some coaches here that, that I've had in the past when I was playing with the Astros, coming up through the through the minor leagues. Millsy, he was the the, the, head, the manager when I first um, got drafted. So, you know, I know him from there. Uh, Van Berkelio, um, he was the hitting coordinator. Um, and Barney was there too. So hand coordinator also after uh, Berkeley came over here. Um, so it's, it's nice to come into a situation where you know some familiar faces and it's not like, you know, a complete blank slate. But, um, you know, it's going to take some time to, to get to know everybody. Um, but I'm excited for the, for the process and the challenge. And, um, you know, I'm ready to go for the season. I'm excited. What is the biggest challenge when you go to a new team that, that you found here in a, in a short period of time? Just just 
I don't know, kind of fitting in, I guess. <laughs> That's probably the biggest thing, but, um, you know, I feel like I do a pretty good job of, of kind of just plugging myself in into whatever situation and, and kind of holding my own. So, and the guys here are great. They, they, they've helped me transition. They've helped the transition easier. Um, so I'm grateful for that. And um, yeah, just, just like really just understanding my role. And, um, you know, it's always a challenge going out there and, and, you know, trying to win a championship. And that's always the goal. So, um, you know, it's probably the, the, the biggest things right there. For fans who haven't seen you play, what do you, what can you bring to a ball club? I like to think of myself as a, like an old school type of player, as far as a lot of small ball, um, play defense. Um, I'm passionate when I'm on the field. Um, you know, I want to help the team win as much as I can, whether it's me, you know, stealing second or, you know, getting on base because of an error, um, using my legs. Um, I've heard that I'm an exciting player to watch, but <laughs> and I can't watch myself. So, um, you know, I just I just want to kind of hope, you know hope to bring just a different dynamic to this ball club. Um, you know, I feel like they really value what I'm able to do, what I'm capable of doing, and how it's just a matter of going out there and doing it. And um, you know, I feel like if the if the, the the pieces click and they fit, then it's gonna be a fun year. I'm not sure if you saw it. But Francisco Lindor was saying yesterday he's excited about what the lineup could be potentially because of the amount of speed in that yeah. lineup. Um, is it fun to be a part of that, especially if you're not the only one who, who can play that speed game? Yeah, I mean, if you can run the bases and play defense, like you put so much pressure on the other team. And uh, I think a lot of teams have gotten away from that speed element. And... Um, you know, when I look at that lineup from top to bottom, you know, we got guys that can move. And for the big power guys, you know, they drive on the gap. Those are RBIs. Um, you know, we're going to try to set the tone early in spring training about how we're going to run the bases this year. Um, I think that's so important. Like, my goal every year is to be top of the league in base running um, metrics-wise, um, efficiency. Because, um, you know, we just want to be able to touch on plate more than the other team if we can pressure on the defense then you know anything can happen errors happen um, and it's really fun to be around when you have that kind of environment so you know we'll see I mean, see we'll see what how the lineups constructed at the end of spring training and and um, but from what it looks like it's gonna be exciting Delino DeShields joining us uh, second generation player mm -hmm. what benefits do you think Growing up in that environment around baseball have helped you in your pro career now. I mean, it's helped. I mean, everything. Just being in the clubhouse growing up, having my dad just a phone call away if I need advice or, you know, anything in particular. He helped me prepare for the minor leagues and the journey and the possibility of getting traded because he's been through something like that before. So, you know, just all around, it's nice to have someone that's gone through the exact same things that I have and. You know, like I said, he's just a phone call away. Um, I'm very blessed and fortunate to have that um, that access to somebody. Cause I know a lot of kids growing up, they just don't, and they they're trying to find their way on their own. Um, but to have a dad that has success in the big leagues, played a long time in the big leagues, you know, definitely helps and, and benefited, you know, my journey to the big leagues. Having grown up in that environment. Um did you, once you began to learn 
and, and enjoy the game because you were around it all the time, did, did you think, well, this is just what I'm supposed to do and, and, and I can be good at it? Or did you understand how hard it is to, to reach no, the major I, league? Yeah, I understood how hard it is. My, my dad never sugarcoated anything with me. Um, you know, he kind of left it up to me to decide what I wanted to do. I was going to college to play football and baseball. And, you know, football was something that I was really passionate about at the time. And, um, you know, when I think about the longevity of both sports, you know, baseball just seemed like the obvious option. You know, I was fortunate enough to be pretty good at both. So, um, you know, baseball was just kind of, you know, my thing. And, it, and I actually made a decision in my senior year of high school. It wasn't something like, oh, from a young age, I always knew that I would be a major league baseball player. Um, you know, I had other interests growing up and, you know, it just, it came down to where did I want to be in 10 years, 10, 15 years. You know, I want to be able to like play with my kids one day and not, you know, walking around all hurt up and stuff. So um, that's kind of where my decision came from. Was, I was, I'm very grateful my parents didn't like push me to play baseball, but you know, definitely being around that environment uh, growing up um, inspired me to, I already knew what to expect. So it wasn't like I was getting thrown any curveballs or, you know, I didn't know what it was like to pursue that NFL dream. You know, this was something that I was comfortable with and you know, it was a pretty easy transition for me. You went past that pretty quick. You said you were pretty good at both. Pretty good at football meant you were recruited by some big time programs. Where, who, who contacted you? Um, well, I was going to LSU to, to play both. Um, you have, you know, Florida State and UGA from Georgia, Georgia Tech, um, Clemson, a lot of USC and California. Um, yeah. You know, I was, I wasn't really expecting to get as much attention from football, um, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. And I guess people liked what I was doing, and it kind of piqued my interest at that point when I started getting offers from, you know, Stanford and these big schools, um, and it and it made it made it possible for me to be able to to go to college and 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 play football. Maybe it's not a fair question, but where would you have gone if you had the choice of, of the schools that contacted you? Well, I committed to LSU. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, signed my letter of intent there to, to play both, and um, you know I got drafted, and that was the end of that story. So, <laughs> um, shifting gears back to the Indians baseball, uh, you were across the diamond from them the last several seasons. Um, any impressions of how they played the game and, and the type of team they were uh, managed by Terry Francona uh, from that side of it and now that you're here uh, what have you seen? Um, from the other side I've always seen that they have fun they play the game the right way um, you know from the offensive side they put the ball in play um, from the pitcher side they attack hitters and as a defensive player um, I like when pitchers go after guys uh, I don't care if you're getting rocked like you know, you keep me on my toes, then, you know, I have a better chance of making plays for you. Um, so those are two things that I really notice. Um, I feel like they play together. Um, there's there's really no egos on the team. Um, and that, I mean, you can tell from the past five, six years how, how much success they've had. Um, and being here is, is, is kind of what I, what I expected. You know, they created that environment. Terry created that environment. So. I feel like anybody that comes 
to Cleveland and puts on this uniform, they know what to expect. And, um, you know, that's pretty cool um, when you create that kind of environment and the expectations are already set in place because of, you know, how your team goes about their business. That's Indians outfielder Delino DeShields, part of that crowded outfield picture, and it'll be interesting to see just how it shakes out at the end of camp and on into the regular season. Well, that'll put a wrap on episode 11 of the Rosie Report. Thanks so much for tuning in as always. We'll catch you again next time on the Rosie Report. This has been the Rosie Report. 